When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to KTAE AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Winning season is here with MyBookie. MyBookie gets you the most for your money with a cash out early feature. The first two legs of your parlay hit, cash out early and use the funds on another bet. Or let it ride for the chance at a bigger payday. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex here on the Horn. Going to talk some Texas basketball with you. Maybe a little NFL talk if we get some time. Uh, replaying the schedule game. Got some schedule game with the Cowboys and Texans and even the Browns because it's somewhat interesting to me now. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776. We're also going to play you a great interview from Jerry Hamilton uh, talking Texas recruiting. We'll play you that for you in this hour as well. Maybe a little NBA talk, too. Who knows? Who knows what we can get into here in Hour 2? And you guys drive the show. Remember that on the text side, 512-447-3776. If you got something you want to talk about, something you want to talk, if you still want to talk some Texas-Iowa State, uh, you guys can hit us up there as well. Uh, Texas did play Rice, though, yesterday. It was uh, an interesting game. You saw a lot of people kind of remembering Texas versus Rice last year. Texas versus Rice last year was an overtime game, but that was also because it was the game that Chris Beard had been arrested that morning. No one knew what was happening when I got to the arena that day. Uh, it was, you know, there were still questions in the air. Rodney Terry did not even name the interim head coach until he was at, until we were we were all there. He He was on the sideline, and I guess he had just come out from the meeting where he was told, this is you're now the interim head coach. You're at least for tonight. I don't even think they said going forward. They just said for tonight, Rodney Terry is the head coach. And uh it was a game where Texas really had to fight through that game. There was it was hard to get them to focus. And by the end, it went to overtime, and that was kind of Serge Jabari Rice's out uh, coming out party where he just took over in overtime and they were able to win that game. So that was a story a year ago, or roughly, but really about 11 months ago. Uh, since then, Rodney Terry has firmly taken the grasp uh, of the head coach position there at Texas. He is now brought in, he is now as a top five recruiting class going into 2025. Uh, that is, or 2024, excuse me. He has that top five recruiting class, getting Trey Johnson on that class. So that that's, he's got the recruiting down. 
We'll see how he does in the transfer portal, but he's done well in the transfer portal this year, bringing in Max Aismas, one of the top uh, people in the transfer portal. He came out. He is now part of there, getting uh, you know some other good guys, uh, Zurich Onyema, uh, uh, Ithiel Horton, I believe is IT Horton is what they're calling him, Caden uh, Shedrick, who got his first start last night. He's brought in some good players. Uh, Chris Johnson, also getting to see him a little bit more. Want to see Chris Johnson get involved in there. Had some really good plays in that game as well. Some standouts from the Texas uh, Rice game that you may know is Caden Shedrick. This is his Shedrick. I, when you say Caden, it wouldn't say Shendrick, it's Shedrick. I keep saying it wrong. I don't know why. Uh, but Shedrick had a great game. This was his first starting game. So he got bumped up to 20 minutes. He'd been playing about 12. He'd been playing about 12. He played 21 uh, minutes in this game. Uh, and one of the things you saw, got to the free throw line a lot. He was able to get under and fight under the basket. Now, he's taking bumps, and I'm sure Terry and I'm sure everybody in the building is watching because he's playing good basketball, and you see him bump around on that shoulder that's still wrapped up in the surgically repaired shoulder, and you get a little bit antsy about it. But he gets nine free throws in that game, which is pretty good. Ends up being uh, ends up scoring 15 points, uh, plays a good game. Dylan Mitchell, rebounding-wise, gets 13 rebounds, a good game for him rebounding-wise. Uh, Shooting-wise, not so much. He's going to have to start to figure out that offensive part of his game a little bit more and a little bit more. But you still work with what your strengths are. He's a very good defensive player. He had two blocks and 13 rebounds. So good. That's good where you're going to be at right there. He also had five turnovers. Turnovers are going to be an issue for this Texas team because they're trying to play the more upbeat, uh, fast-style offense. They're trying to play that new style of offense of you don't necessarily have a point guard, point guard who gets the ball. You set up a play in the half court. And if you're a good defensive team, you want to play this style. Good defensive teams really want to play a fast style of offense because it puts the other team, they miss a shot, and then you're able to come back down and score quickly on them. It really puts something onto this defense or, or the other team mentally that even if you stop and you miss the shot or the shot's not there, but you get down, now they're discombobulated because now they didn't score on one end and you know maybe one guy's not happy that a shot went up or it was a turnover or whatever it was, and you're able to get in there and turn the tide around for this Texas basketball team, turn the tide and get a shot up and get them into a defense where they're not set with the guys they want on you. You get some mismatches. There was a couple of plays where you saw the refs maybe you know buy into – when a big when they got that mismatch on the inside, that uh, the the inside guy would flop and get away with it. You saw those. Some games you'll get those calls. Some games you won't. You can't complain too much because you'll get those calls on the other end in some games too. Uh, but Caden Shendrick stepping up, playing that twenty one minutes, getting nine free throws was a big step. Dylan Mitchell showing that he can do even when his shots not falling, even when he's not playing well. He still had six points in the game, got three, uh, hit three of six, so it wasn't terrible. He needs to work on his free throws a lot. Uh, I think they're still working on him on offense. And what's funny is you can watch him in all the preseason, and he has the same thing that a lot of players have, which is you see their preseason film. And you see him working in the offseason. You go, oh, this guy's going to shoot 90%. He's hitting everything. His kids, his problem is when he gets on the court and his heart starts racing, he starts pumping. He needs to recreate some of more of that in practice of putting up shots while your heart rate is rushing, while you're sweating, while you're running, doing all that, getting that shot. It's just a very different shot than setting up, standing still, and taking a shot. Now, that's great for form, but you need to train your body to get the form shot in and shot out. It's just a difficult thing to do. It takes time, 
Uh, I'm sure they're working on him with that as the season continues on. But he played a good game and played really good defensively as well. Max Aismas, you know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a a long season. He goes three of six from three, and he takes some threes from pretty far out. If you have not been watching the games, the first Texas game you watch, if you have not watched them, there will be a shot that he puts up that you will immediately go, "What is he doing?" But that's what Max Aismas. That's what these younger players now. Uh, are starting to do after Steph Curry, after Dame Lillard, and those guys before them came out and were really setting the tone by taking long threes. And just when you hit them, it kills a defense because what are they supposed to do? Are they supposed to get on you You know, four or five feet behind the three-point line? If And once they do, you're wide open because even if someone else steps over, you've got 10 passes, you've got so much you got going on. So it's something he still shot five for nine. He shot 50% from three, so you can't get too mad at him taking those crazy shots. It's just going to be a process for everyone at Texas to learn that it's okay that Max A. Smith is taking those shots. Another good sign, Tyrese Hunter, three for five from three in that game, six for eight shooting, three for four field goals, looked much better. Four assists, one turnover. Looked much better for Tyrese Hunter. Now it's a different game, and he's you know we know he's been streaky before. He did get a little banged up at the end of that game. I don't believe it was anything serious. Hopefully it's not anything serious. Uh, but Tyrese Hunter looked really good in that game, and that's a good step going forward because the first two games, it looked a little bit of last year with Tyrese Hunter where there was some issues that you know you were hoping to be able to work through. You were hoping that Tyrese Hunter was kind of going to finally get through. And some of it's just yips because you know he can shoot. He looked really good, and hopefully this will spawn him playing even more and more consistent basketball as the season goes on. If you want to see him get some more of these non-conference games, some of the easier games, get his rhythm going a little bit better, especially at the Moody Center, especially at home. Get that feeling, get that comfort back for Tyrese Hunter because if he's hitting shots, it makes this Texas team a whole nother level of team because now you have Max A. Smith, now you have a Tyrese Hunter that can hit out there, and you know I.T. Hunter can go out there and hit some big shots. We know he can play. I.T. Hunter uh, is going to have to learn how to play a little bit better defense. His, you know, he defensively, he's missing on some. This Texas team as a whole is going to learn have to, have to learn how to play uh, combined defense, and I think Max A. Smith, he does well at it, but I think as a whole – these guys that came from schools that weren't playing at this level, once they get to Big 12 play and they see the intensity and the players are playing, it's take that step up, you're going to see the holes in the defense step out, show out even more. So it's going to be a process getting the new guys integrated as a team defensively. Uh, and IT Hunter is going to be a big one. If he can stay, if he can stay playing at a high level defensively, if he cannot be a a glaring spot that everyone attacks him and tries to get mismatches and just runs screens to get on Horton, that guy's going to be really good for Texas this year. But he has to be good enough defensively that he does not become a liability that he needs to hit enough threes to make up for that. That's where he needs to get his game to. But a good game from him, good game from Onyenma, played pretty well in there. Brock Cunningham, it was the Jorts game last night, so Brock Cunningham was supposed to be featured. He played 30 minutes in that game, had eight points, uh, played really well. Two blocks in there as well. Three assists. Uh, a couple things that Texas got to work on. One, we talked a little bit earlier. They had 11 turnovers. They, a lot of those were early. A lot of those were early turnovers. Uh, Rodney Terry had said he wanted uh, no more than 10 turnovers in that game. You got up to 11. Uh, you have to figure that out. Dylan Mitchell 
and Max A. Smith were kind of getting off of their feet before they knew where they were going. Those two guys combined uh, for nine turnovers. I'm sorry, they had uh, they had 16 turnovers. Sorry, 16 turnovers in that game. And nine of those were coming from Dylan Brooks, uh, Dylan Mitchell, and Max A. Smith. And if you have 16 turnovers, you want to be a 10. You know, you're a little bit over that. And those two guys were the big pieces of that. Driving to the paint, which is good, but then not paying attention to where the guys were at, not knowing the offense well enough to know where their ball, where they can throw, and not knowing where the defense was. There was one play I'll give Dylan Mitchell that he went in and drove, and a guy basically got lost on a defender and was completely out of position defensively and was trying to get back to his guy, and Dylan Mitchell threw where there should not have been a guy, but he was lost as a defender, and he gets a pick there, but you have to have that awareness on the court. That will come with time. The team will feel a little bit better, but they need to get those turnovers down is one thing for Texas basketball. Uh, Another issue, they need to control points in the paint. Rice did not kill them in points in the paint, but 28 points in the paint for a team that is undersized like Rice is, you need to stop that points in the paint a little bit more. Some of those were easy drives where a guy just missed an assignment on a switch and got blown past. You're going to need to clean up that part of the game uh, to get it a little bit better. 28 points in the paint is not a killer, but it's something that you're going to need to fix as this Texas season uh, continues on is you're going to need to be able to clean up those points in the paint. You're going to need that rim protector. Dylan DeSue coming back, hopefully, for Big 12 play will be a big help into that uh, because then you will either have basically Shedrick or uh, DeSue, and then Mitchell will also be on there. They were pulling Mitchell out a little bit more, but you hope to have two defenders basically in the court all the time that can go up and block shots and stop stop points in the paint. That's going to be a big issue going forward. And the thing that was the probably the easiest thing to pick apart for Texas yesterday, other than the 16 turnovers, uh, they shot abysmally from the free throw line. That has to improve. I know I'm picky about it because I, I shot free throws. That was that was the thing I did well in all of basketball. Uh, it's a free throw. You have to be able to hit those. They went 12 for 22. You can't miss 10 free throws in a game. I mean, that's, that's one of those things. I get it's rice. I get you one. But you cover... You have the difference between covering in that game and not is by shooting a proper. You need to be shooting eight percent free throws is kind of your minimum line where you need to be shooting, and if you do that, you're covering right. That's it. That's where you're where you're supposed to be at. So that game, you can decide. You can say Texas played well and did everything well. They just didn't hit their free ones. You got to be able to hit your free ones. It's something that you can practice on. It's something that's not that hard to do, but it's something that Rodney Terry and this team are going to have to keep working on as the season going on. Uh, Chan says new players from lesser conference, except for the big guy from Virginia. Yeah, they are. They're from, they're from lesser conferences. Uh, it's going to take them a little bit of time, but right now they're also playing against those same level. Like rice was a step up from the other two teams. They had played so far this season in the scrimmage. They did rice is a step up from that, but you still have another step up. So they shouldn't be showing some of the flaws they are right now. Again, free throws is the one thing that I can't give you an excuse that it's early in the season. That's the one thing that I'm going to harp on because you need to get that cleaned up. You just need to clean up your free throws. It is what it is. Uh, We're going to keep the show rolling. Uh, I want to play you some interview from Jerry Hamilton. Uh, I'll actually, you know what? I'll mention the Draymond Green suspension. I haven't been able to talk about it yet. I know it was a hot button issue and I'm a basketball guy, so I'll talk about that as well. Uh, Text line still open, 512-447-3776. And uh, we'll keep the show rolling here. Uh, if you guys have anything else you want to put up there, your players that you'd love to see get receptions, your players you'd love to see go after the quarterback is on the text line, 
447-3776. Right here on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7 on the Horn. On the sports complex here on a Thursday afternoon. It's almost the weekend. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. It's a, it's a good Thursday. Feeling good. Feeling good on a Thursday. Uh, playing interesting covers all week long as a musical theme. And today I kind of stuck with the bands that do it for a living. Play interesting covers for a living. This is Metalachi doing Ozzy Osbourne, of course. And uh, I think Metalachi is actually going to be in town. This weekend, I think they're playing Sunday at Antone's, if I remember correctly. I've seen the ads, so I think that's where they're going to be. If you want to check out Metalachi, if you want to hear uh, metal versions or Metalachi versions of your favorite rock and metal songs, you can go see Metalachi. Uh, interesting uh, idea that came out. I believe the guy has a cod piece that uh, is also full of tequila, and he can drink from it during the show. Takes it off and drink. I don't know if he, if he takes it off and drinks from it or other people drink from it. I don't know. I've never seen them live. I've seen videos of them. They seem like a fun bunch of guys. <laughs> is what I'll say about them. They seem like a fun bunch of guys. I want to play this video or this audio from uh, Hook 'Em Up with Ian Robbie from earlier today. Jerry Hamilton. Uh, great recruiting news and great rep- recruiting reporting uh, from Jerry Hamilton. First, I did. Uh, we have not mentioned this. I got asked about it a few times, so I just wanted to uh, bring it up. Uh, that Draymond Green, the suspension of five games. Draymond got. I, I, this is what I love. The reporting on it is you can tell which side of this, like if they like Draymond or not, because people who like Draymond, the reporting is always uh, he put him in a headlock, and then if they don't like him, they put him in a chokehold. Because a chokehold seems a lot worse. So if they want to be like, I can't believe he only got five games, you put him in a chokehold. But if they're like, oh, it's a headlock, it's a headlock, he got five games. Uh, it's one of the things. It's not surprising. I think some people wanted it to be closer to 10 because it's Draymond, because it was so early into a game, it seemed premeditated, at least premeditated. Rudy Gobert came out and said that he was not surprised about it. Rudy Gobert said that he was like, well, Steph Curry wasn't playing, so he didn't want to show up there and play either because he knew they were going to lose. So, And whether that's true or not, I mean, it's believable because it's Draymond, and anything's kind of believable with Draymond. But they, the five games make sense in the fact that the, the checks add up, the game checks add up to just around a million dollars, just under a million dollars. So ten, if you know, ten games would have been over that. Ten games is a pretty long suspension in the NBA. 
Uh, so whether people believe he deserved more, and you know, I think a lot of people are just done with Draymond now because we know he's on the back end. And at least when he was playing really good basketball, or at least you know his really good basketball and that 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 annoying part of when someone gets t- uh, labeled an elite defender and then they're an elite defender, uh, but they're not, it's just like well they get away with more. If you get away with more, you're going to be a better defender. And look, I with Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen's a perfect example. Love Bruce Bowen. He's calling the games on LHN now. He saw him last night if you were watching the Texas game. Love Bruce Bowen. But he got away with a lot because he was labeled an elite defender. And once you get that label, they let you just get away with a lot more. So he got that and he was able to start doing, you know. So he had seasons. He's a really good passer. He's got great court vision. I get all that. I don't think he's uh, a part of a big three. I think if, you know, I think if you don't have Steph Curry, then, you know, you're not a playoff team with Draymond Green on it. But that's too many problems. But the five games, it's because they knew they could get it. They knew Draymond would probably take that. They knew that it would be okay. And they wouldn't have to go through the arbitration and then make it a big deal. And for Draymond, he knows Steph's going to miss a couple games. He's like, Steph's going to miss and Steph's kind of hurt. So why don't we just, uh, I'll just miss those games too. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's kind of the Draymond Gray, we can, green way. I don't care. Yeah. So as much as I'm not a huge fan of the five games, it's kind of what I expected. You don't want to see the the NBA get really heavy handed. That's where they got really heavy handed with John Morant, which they didn't want to do, but he kept messing up and kept messing up. And at a certain point, they felt the need to make a kind of line in the sand with John Morant. I don't think they want to do that with Draymond Green as well, because there's only a few of those guys really left. They kind of enforcer guys. It's like Pat Bev, uh, Dylan Brooks, and Draymond Green are the only guys who can kind of get away with it right now. There's other guys that kind of try and do it, but they don't necessarily have the same reputation uh, for kind of cheap plays that I think that Draymond and, and Pat Beverly and Dylan Brooks really get lumped into that. Guys who who really want to own up to it, and that is their identity, and they want to walk away, and I'm the villain, and it makes them, I don't know. I, I Personally, I don't get it. I know there are players that like to do that at rec games, and it's annoying, but... You know, I, I played dirty. I mean, I played and did my thing, but I wasn't, I, I, you know, it was because I was too slow. It was not because I was talented enough. This guy was too slow, so I may stick a leg out or something. I'm never trying to hurt anybody. And then, you know, you get him up and you be a good sport about it. And you, it's a foul. You know, take it. It's a foul. I got you. If I'm going to foul you, I'm going to foul you. I get that. I don't get trying to step on people's chest and putting people in chokeholds and all that. I don't like that stuff. I think that's where the line crosses, where it's not enforcing anymore, but. And we saw Pat Beverly come out and give him crap. But I know some people don't like the suspension. Five games is what you were going to get most likely because otherwise it was going to start to be an issue with the Players Association, which they're already kind of in the hot water and dealing with the John Morant, that they're not thrilled that they're a suspending guy for that long. So that's why Draymond gets away with it. Whether it's right or wrong, that's the reason. All right, let's play this audio from Hook'em Up with Ian Robby. Uh, Jerry Hamilton joined this them this morning. It's really good audio. I want to check it out from Recruiting News because uh, I like I follow Longhorns, I try and keep up with everything I can. We talked about Trey Johnson yesterday and the great news they got him. Jerry Hamilton's on the inside, so let's check out that interview right now with Jerry Hamilton. I'll hook him up with Ian Robbie this morning. Hey, let's go to the, uh, the Vaqueros Hotline. One of our favorite people to talk to. He's the senior recruiting analyst and uh, writer over there at Inside Texas on Three Sports, that great YouTube channel uh, on Texas football. He's always on there as well. He's our friend Jerry Hamilton. G, how are you, bud? Welcome to uh, Hook Him Up. Hey, Jerry. I'm great, man. How are you guys? Good, man. Hey, you, uh, you, you know, we were on. Uh, you, you teased us this week that uh, keep an eye on this Trey Johnson 
uh, number one recruit as far as a guard in the country, number four overall. Uh, you felt pretty good about Texas's chances with Rodney Terry to close the deal, and yesterday it uh, it came to fruition on the Pat McAfee show. How big of it? How big of a get is this for Texas? Uh, I think it's huge. I mean, and I may be understating it just because. Look, I mean, it's the highest ranked guard. If you go by your composites or your your industry rankings and in the recruiting process and uh, the recruiting services. He ties Avery Bradley as the highest-ranked guard uh, to commit sign with Texas. I mean, uh, he he's ranked that high. He's ranked four overall in the country. He was once the number one prospect in this class before you know Cooper Flag uh, reclassified and, and a couple things like that. But I mean, look, there's just not there aren't many guys that are wired. Rodney Terry said it perfectly last night. Wired to score uh, at six six with physicality. Hoops IQ, his dad's been a long-time coach, actually played at Baylor under Rodney Terry. That's how long they've been uh, along that relationship's been with Rodney and uh, uh, Trey Johnson's father and that family. But this kid is wired to score the basketball. But he's also a winner. He's a tough kid. He's a competitive kid. I saw him as a young player play against a Richardson High team that case in Wallace obviously in the NBA now, one of the best defensive guards you'll see in high school basketball. And they, and they also have another guard who's at Alabama who has a chance to play, uh, a Ryland Griffin has a chance to play for money one day. And, uh, I, I mean, Trey never backed down. I mean, he went at them. And that's the type of player he is. And he led Lake Highlands to a state championship last year. So to go with everything you see on a YouTube channel watching him play, he checks all the boxes off the court. And from a leadership standpoint, from a toughness standpoint, the guy lives in the gym. He has everything you want. Uh, and he's also from Dallas, guys. I mean, even though he's playing at Link Prep as a senior, you're talking about the number one player in Texas before he moved out of Texas. Then Nick Cody, who they signed uh, uh, earlier last week, is now the number one ranked player in Texas, also from that Dallas area. Uh, so it, it's a tremendous recruiting class, ranked four, five. Uh, you know, and I don't think they're done. I think they'll add a fourth piece to this class probably late. Uh, but Cam Scott, 6'5 guard. Trey Johnson, 6'5 and a half guard. Nick Cody, 6'8 and a half. Uh, power forward with skill. I mean, they're adding tall, long guys uh, uh, to this roster. And uh, Rodney's built, he's building this roster the right way. Hey, Jerry, is there any uh, trepidation that uh, Trey Johnson may explore the G League instead, like uh, Ronald Holland? You know, I think you're, you always have to just kind of wait and see on that. I think right now that is not where they're headed, right? Uh, but a lot of this stuff happens more. So he's playing in the National High School League, right? If he goes out and tears that up this year, and they play, I think, their first game uh, earlier this week, or, or actually it was last week. Um, but, you know, if he goes out and averages 18, 19, 20 a game, people are going to start wondering, right, in that league, uh, which he could do. But I, I think – I think right now he's definitely headed to college. I think there's the one thing about Trey to know is he, you know, when he went on his official visit to Texas in August, he, he went over to the football facility. He spent 30 minutes with, uh, with Steve Sarkeesian. I posted a photo of him and Arch Manning at the time on, on Twitter. Uh, but this guy, is, he's a college-minded kid. And he may, he'll only be there a year, but he at least wants that experience. Like I think with some other guys, they weren't sure if they wanted that experience. Trey actually really wants that experience. I think he likes the idea of being a college player for a year. 
Um, because I don't think he's in maybe sees himself and mentality is in such a rush to try to get the pro basketball. I think he'll only be in college a year, but I do think he'll end up at Texas for a year. A huge get for Texas. Longhorns did beat Rice last night. Uh, what have you seen from the early results? I mean, they're 3-0. They haven't really played anybody. Uh, a lot of turnovers last night. Dylan Mitchell had five, and Max Ace was yeah. at four. They've got to be better with the basketball. But uh, you're, you're kind of seeing the formation of what this roster is going to be. And don't forget they're going to add Dylan DeSue to this roster coming up in December before conference play. What have you liked about the, the early results, and what are you concerned about? I think uh, they shoot the ball just as expected from three. I mean, they're a tremendous three-point shooting basketball team. Now, I think they're going to have to play three guards to maximize that. So it's kind of a – they're in a bit of a pickle at times right now. It's how do you fit that defensively and be the team you want to be while also keeping your floor spacing and your offensive perimeter threats out there um, in numbers? I think that I think that is kind of what they're – the tricky thing for them right now, they got to get better at the basketball, though. And I think Rodney said that again last night. I mean, it's it's one thing if teams are forcing you into turnovers with high-end pressure defense and maybe situational defense, but that's not the case here. It's a bunch of it's a bunch of unforced turnovers. It, you know, Texas had 16 turnovers last night. I would think 13, 14 were unforced in reality, but considering the competition they're playing, they have to clean that up. You want to be around 10, 11. 12 turnovers. You don't want to be giving away four, five, six possessions per game, especially when talent becomes neutralized. If you do that, you're going to put yourself uh, behind the eight ball in, in those games. So I think that is the Caden Shedder looks really good considering he's playing his way back into shape, but he's bringing them something, an interior presence uh, that I, even a Christian Bishop couldn't bring them last year because he can score in the paint. He'll make free throws. He actually has an offensive game with his back to the basket. Bishop was more of a slasher. Um, so I think uh, that, that Caden Shedrick's bringing them a lot. I think Dylan Mitchell continuing to kind of play to his strengths, I think, is going to be key for Texas this year. I think the more he puts the ball on the floor and the more he tries to create, the more negative plays he's going to produce against really good competition. So I think playing within himself, Playing to what he is now, not what he wants to be in four years, is going to be key for this team. Hey, Jerry, can I jump to some uh, some football recruiting and ask you about yeah. uh, any other dominoes left to, uh, to to fall in this 2024 class? Yeah, I mean, look, it'll, it'll be interesting to see where Texas goes. I think defensive back is a huge need uh, still. I mean, the Wardell Mack flip from Florida to Texas was big. I mean, right, he's a versatile guy, can play corner. Uh, you could see him playing nickel or safety. I mean, he was recruited across the board at all those positions by colleges. He'll start his career at corner at Texas. So you have Kobe Black out of Waco Connolly, uh, who's a Texas lean. That's continued to be the case for months now. Then you have what Texas is looking at at safety. Xavier Phil Same committed to Florida, the five-star McKinney High. Texas remains in contact with him. The interesting thing you're running into in recruiting right now um, is teams that are in the playoffs. So, you know, like for Xavier Phil Same, the Florida commitment, he's scheduled to be at the Florida-Florida State game in two weeks. Well, if McKinney beats Highland Park this weekend, Friday, uh, then he won't be in Gainesville that following week. So it's kind of a battle here to get kids on campus at the end. If you're Texas, you want to get Phil Same and his father on campus at the same time. And I think, I think there's a chance that happens. So we'll see if Texas can fill a safety need uh, at the high school level here because he is a big-time guy, Rod. I mean, I had you watching 
And then uh, mm-hmm. defensive line, they like to add a fourth. You know, they're still talking to T.J. Lindsey committed to Auburn. Uh, we'll see what happens. Auburn, Auburn feels a lot of pressure to keep these guys in that class. They've turned the corner a little bit on the field. I don't care if they played a week schedule or not. They've won games. Uh, they're looking at a 7-5 season. It didn't look pretty for Auburn at the beginning of the season. Uh, so they would like to add another D lineman. There's a couple of guys. Alex Foster committed to Baylor out of Greenville, Mississippi. They're looking at. Uh, and then linebacker is very interesting because Texas's approach at linebacker this year is, you know, it had a great linebacker class last year. If they stay on those top targets, if you flip a top guy, there's two guys really. It's Ty Anthony Smith committed to Texas A&M from Jasper High. And it's Justin Williams committed to Georgia at Oak Ridge. Ty Anthony Smith is expected to officially visit Texas. Again, they're in the playoffs. So they play Kobe Black and Waco Connolly Friday. So when these teams uh, conclude their season is going to be uh, the key in getting them on campus. So with a kid like Ty Anthony Smith, if Jasper were to win this week, well, you know, then he pretty wouldn't come in for an official visit Texas Tech weekend, right? Because they'll, they'll be playing either that Friday or Saturday. So it, it's kind of just a a waiting game in a way, uh, but Texas is, they're getting good feedback from Ty Anthony Smith, especially if Texas A&M takes a long time and really goes through a search firm process and this coaching search, I think that really benefits Texas with Ty Anthony Smith. Justin Williams with Georgia, look, I mean, the only way that would happen is if mom put her foot down at the end of the day and said, you know, it's just better to stay close to home. But Sark and Jeff Cho, they, stay, they remain in contact in case that happens. Uh, Texas is uh, still kicking the tires on a couple offensive tackles, looking Ori Williams committed to LSU at San Marcos, and Jacob Ponton uh, committed to Texas Tech at Dripping Springs. Both those guys have really high ceiling. It's just going to be interesting to see if Texas makes a push there on the offensive line. That's why he's the best, Jerry Hamilton, the senior national recruiting analyst. Uh, one other thing, Jerry, two other things, a two-part question. L- uh, A&M, who do you think they should hire? Uh, or, let me say it this way. Uh, who would really concern you as a Texas, uh, somebody who covers Texas and a Texas fan if they did hire, and who do you think they'll hire down at Texas A&M? Any guesses? Yeah, I think the two guys for me that I, I think from the national perspective, I really like Dan Lanning, right? Um, I, I just think he, I think there's a he, – I think he'll end up in the SEC one day. I just don't know where and when. I, I think he has got a really good plan. You know, I think he's done a good job hiring a staff. I kind of like I like what he's building and built at Oregon and the way they play um, with enough of uh, as, as Sark and Kyle Flutz, enough large humans, but then they have a lot of speed uh, around it. I, I kind of like what they've done there. Um, if you're looking for a guy um, that I think would do very well, that would be uh, people may not jump up and down about the hire. From because because you know everybody wants splash hires sometimes instead of the correct hire. I think Jeff Trailer would do a tremendous job at Texas A&M. Uh, he's at UTSA. He's one of the most popular Texas high school coaches I've ever been around. Um, but I think the key for these jobs is do you know who to hire when you get the job? And I think that guy absolutely would know who to hire on his staff. Um, and I think he understands the landscape here. Um, whether it was at Texas, whether it was Arkansas, whether it was the head coach at Gilmer, he's been in all these Texas, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, LSU recruiting battles and around them for years and years and years. So he has a real understanding of this state. And he'd be a popular hire with Texas high school coaches. That may not be quite as impactful as it was 15 years ago, 
But for people to think it's not impactful at all anymore, I, I would push back against that. Uh, Jerry Hamilton, uh, good stuff. And uh, final follow him at Inside Texas, of course, and on the uh, on Texas Football Channel of Inside Texas on YouTube. Always good stuff. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Basketball, football, and uh, a little Longhorn conversation this morning. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jerry. All right, there's Jerry. Yeah, always, uh, you know, when we're, when, if you're not going or going to a watch party or going to Ames, Iowa, when you do the watch, you know, I host the watch along on Inside Texas, Rod. Mm-hmm. You're a big part of that. Jerry's a big part of that. It's always such a good time. It's a good way to watch the game. You put the game on your TV and then you set up your computer or something else to watch the YouTube channel. And uh, myself and you and Jerry talking through the game as yep. it's happening. And Jerry's always dropping little great recruiting nuggets about, oh, that kid's from here, this kid's from there. Uh, you really learn a lot about uh, the Longhorns, the opponent, he's and the, the game best. of football. He's the best in the biz, man. Yeah, and he says Trey Johnson wants to come to college. And now you said it's not out of the question that he could go straight to the G League, Rod, uh, much like Ron Holland did, but at the same time uh, does have more of a college feel to him. Plus <clears throat> the relationship with Rodney Terry is pretty deep. goes back a long way with he and his family. It's good news. So Trey Johnson – what you call him? Trey, Trey J. Trey J. I like it. That's nah, good. I don't, you're, you're always good at naming people right. I'm sure he hates that nickname, but I, I, I like to nickname people. Me and, me and W. George W. Maybe he's famous for that. Yeah. W would give everybody a nickname when he met you. <laughs> yeah. You always got to have a nickname. Yeah, that nickname. Trey J. Help, helps you remember the, the person. Uh, Trey J. There you go. Very good stuff there from Hook'em Up with E and Rod B and Jerry Hamilton. Uh, great to get that recruiting update. Always good to keep up with that stuff when you're trying to Look at next year and keep up with this year, and you're nine and one, but you got to know what's coming up. And then basketball, you're looking okay. You win against Rice, but you got to keep moving. And uh, Jerry Hamilton does a great job at what he does. Uh, we're going to take our last break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show here on the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019, AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com. The Sports Complex, afternoons 5 to 7. Woo! Hell yeah! On the Horn. Last call. So either hook up now or go home and take care of yourselves. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. Bring a pitcher of beer every seven minutes till somebody passes out. And then bring one every ten minutes. I'm very drunk and I intend getting still drunker before the evening's over. Back here on the Sports Complex, wrapping things up on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, been a great show. Appreciate everyone who uh, joined in on the conversation on the text line. You guys make the show fly by. I really do appreciate you guys uh, always playing along and keeping the show rolling. We really do appreciate it here on the Sports Complex. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a fun show. Man, Jacob Stander coming into the studio. Going to be a fun time talking to him. Getting us ready for the weekend. Texas, Iowa State. We'll have more college basketball talk. NBA. Man, it is getting to that time of year. We're a week away from Thanksgiving. It is going to be a fun time. A couple games left in the regular season for Texas. It is getting to be a time of year that is definitely something that's... I'm looking forward. I'm going to be looking forward. We're getting to the holiday season Good time to go. It's going to be a fun show tomorrow. We hope you join us. Uh, We'll be on the air at 5 o'clock again right here on The Horn. Uh, So check us out wherever you can. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're back on streaming there again, uh, The Horn Austin. Uh, But until tomorrow, be safe, be kind, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow, 5 o'clock, more The Sports Complex.